Rappers Pod Table post game show. Scott, you know I don't love these late night games. It is a uh, quarter to eleven on the East Coast. I'm not a late night guy. I know that's not late for a lot of people, especially NBA fans that you know stay up and watch the West Coast games. Uh, but for me, I uh, I'm normally in bed by now. So um, yeah, this is this is a late night for for yours truly, Carlin Gay, alongside Scott Rafferty. It is the Raptors Pod Table podcasts uh we just watched a game between and i use the quotes you know air quotes a game between the orlando that was, magic that was really well put <laughs> yeah <laughs> game between the orlando magic and the toronto raptors the raptors of course victorious in that one um you know it, it, they won by 10 109.99 they led by as many as 24 at one point orlando never led at all at any point in the game uh and you know the, the, you know the, the raptors made it kind of interesting by you know taking their foot off the gas pedal in the third quarter orlando you know early in that third quarter got caught going with some baskets they were they were talking trash to the raptors but it was, this game was really never in doubt right like it, it, it was pretty much over what, what's your biggest takeaway from from a game that really on the grand scheme of things not gonna mean much <laughs> Like, I, I think the most encouraging thing for the Raptors is that Marcusol came out really strong in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first two games in the Orlando bubble, he combined to take nine shots. Um, he took six shots alone in the first quarter of this one, and he made three of those. Um, and he only finished with 13 points. But to me, seeing him come out aggressive was really encouraging. And not only that, we can talk to how he played defensively on Nikola Vucevic once again. Um, Vucevic had a quiet game against Gasol, which has become a trend over the last couple of years. But I mean, Gasol outscored him in the first quarter. Um, and for the game, I think, yeah, Vucevic had 12 points, Gasol had 13. Um, so again, 13 points isn't much in the grand scheme of things. But I do think, you know, Gasol looking to mix it up a little bit more in the post, rolling to the basket um, instead of popping every single time, things like that. Um, it, it does add a different dimension to this Raptors team. So I think just on a small scale, that that, that was the biggest thing that jumped out to me. Um, that Gasol kind of, he, he did look like he was moving really well. He was aggressive and all that. Yeah, I, I think this was a game where Nick Nurse came out of the locker room and said, we're going to get Mark Gasol going. We're, we're going to find a way to, uh, you know, get him involved in the offense early. And it, we saw that. And that's a, it's a positive sign. And, you know, yes, 13 points isn't a big total, given the fact that Mark Gasol used to be an all-star, used to be, a, you know, uh, a high point score when he was in Memphis. He, I don't think he's ever going to get back to that point. And the Raptors don't need him to get back to that point, quite frankly. But they need him to have some sort of offensive confidence. Uh, and he had that today. Uh, you know, he was able to, you know, show us different ways of scoring. It wasn't just taking the wide open three when, you know, teams are basically daring him to do so. It was him initiating offense, creating offense for himself, and 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 really – you know, asserting himself on the offensive end. So that's a, a positive sign for the Toronto Raptors for sure uh, beyond, you know, what he el- what else he brings to the table, which we know the defense, we know uh, the ball movement, we know everything else. Seeing him put the ball in the basket was 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 pretty good sign for the Raptors. Uh, one takeaway for, for me, and the biggest thing that I really took away from uh, is Norman Powell. You know, Norman Powell coming off the bench, he, he had – I don't want to say struggles, uh, but you know, by his standards, there they were struggles in the in, in the last couple of games. To see him get some moments in this one, again, it's not anything to write home about, but for him to have some moments and just him for him to look like he has some sort of rhythm 
is a positive sign. 14 points, shot 50% from the field in this one. He was able to knock down some threes. He was able to get to the 10 and, and pound them home. That two-hand slam was, was filthy. Uh, I, I like that from Norman Powell. Uh, and, and that's something that the Raptors are definitely going to need, especially when they start games where they don't have the energy that they need to have. This game wasn't one of those games, but there are going to be games where they start off slow. Uh, and, and Norman Powell is going to have to come in and be that spark plug, especially on the offensive end, to, to really get them going when the playoffs come around. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, that was something else that I made note of in the uh, in my observations after the game. Just a real quick note: again, fourteen points, like you said, not not a huge game by Powell standards this season, um, but it was encouraging to see him. He made three threes. Um, he looked a little bit more confident in his three point shot. He was aggressive putting the ball on, on the floor, um, and it was really the the end of the third quarter to to the start of the fourth quarter. Um, it was that stretch in this game where the Magic were kind of making things interesting, right? And and. Powell and Serge Ibaka, who also had a pretty pretty solid game, kind of carried them offensively during that stretch, which I think for the for the Raptors is a really encouraging sign because, like you were saying, neither of them have been particularly great so far in the bubble. Um, so for them to both have strong games, that's a good sign. And really, it's it's Terrence Davis at this point um, who the Raptors kind of need another strong game out of because he's he's kind of the last one among that rotation who who hasn't really had um, a signature game yet. Yeah, there's, there's another guy that stuck out to me, which we'll get to in a second. But first, we want to remind you, NBA.com, your home for Raptors coverage all throughout the season long. Uh, if you go up there right now, and if you're actually listening to this podcast right now, that means you're in Scott's takeaways from the win, the 109-99 win over the Orlando Magic. Scott also wrote an incredible piece, Take the Time and Read It, on Fred Van Vliet and his defense and what that means to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, and we also have debate, Scott and I, of who is the better offensive player in the NBA today, James Harden or Damian Lillard. There's really no bad answer in that one, but we decided to take sides and go at each other because that's what we do. NBA.com, your home for Raptors news as well as the NBA uh, globally in seven different markets around the world. We do our best to keep you up to date with everything that's happening in the NBA and WNBA for that matter as well. Well, um, I mentioned before that quick break that uh, someone stuck out to me in this game, and it wasn't OG Ananobi, who, who also had some moments. It was Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. He came off the bench and, 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 provided, and, and provided some sort of offense. Like uh, He was getting in there with, with, with Euros. He was looking to, he was looking to you know, cl- get out of the way, clear out. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take Vucevic one-on-one off the bounce. What's gotten into Rondé? <laughs> they they were he was he was the point forward for that that for a good like five or six minute stretch um and he only had seven points and one assist but they, they literally I, I wrote about this early in the season too one thing that the Raptors actually do like to run for Rondé Hollis Jefferson is him have the ball in the hand at the top of the key and have a small guy I think it was Norman Powell primarily in this one but Kyle Lowry too comes at a screen for him and it's so unorthodox because he can't score out the side of the paint but it kind of gives him like a running start and he can get into the paint and in this situation, he had small guys guarding him, so he's kind of bullying his way to the basket, almost like like a LeBron or something. I I, I don't think we'll ever compare Ronda Hillis Jefferson to LeBron again. That's but the like, first time and last time, we'll leave it there. It, it was uh, it was kind of like that, and yeah, he made some nice passes. He he has a very herky jerky, unorthodox game. Um, it doesn't always look pretty, but yeah, he had some he had some pretty interesting moments in this game. It's it's a it's a it's another way uh, where the Raptors can just get, throw you a jab that you don't see coming, and something that you have to game plan for now if you meet them in a seven game series. It's like, all right, in the middle of the second quarter, we now have to worry about six minutes of of the offense being run through Rondé Hollis Jefferson. 
uh, that's something that you just got to scout for now on the table, and and it's just annoying. That's all it is. It's just, it it's is. Just, it's just annoying. It's just it just throws you for a loop. As soon as you think you know what's coming next, you have Rondé Hollis Jefferson running at you full steam in the half court, and and dishing it out to Mark Gasol in the three point line or something. Um, <laughs> this team is just weird from top to bottom. It's great. They, they sure are. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Magic because they're a team that the Raptors could see in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, they we saw how it went down last year as a gentleman's sweep for Toronto. It really should have been a sweep. This season, you imagine that it would be the same sort of scenario, um, especially if the Magic aren't going to get a home game with crowd or, or anything like that. Um, but if they're not hitting threes, Orlando that is, if they're not hitting threes, their team really doesn't have any other offensive weapon that could scare you, especially if Vucevic is going to get locked down the way that Gasol locks him down. They just don't have anybody else that that, that really scares you. And tonight, 11 for 41 from three-point range, 26.8% from long range. I mean, they even clanked their free throws. They they shot under 70% from the line. It just was a poor shooting night for Orlando, but... They were only down, you know, they only lost the game by 10 points. So a couple of those threes go in, it could, it could have been a completely different game. And by the way, the Raptors were trying their hardest to, to give them that opportunity late <laughs> in the game. Like they were, they were giving up some wide open looks that Orlando just couldn't make. So it, in a series, how important is that three-point shot going to be for Orlando to make it competitive? I'm not saying they're going to beat them, but to make it competitive. Look, I... It's 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 very important for any team to be able to to take a high volume of threes and make them at this point um, where the NBA is right now. But I, I do think the biggest thing for them is figuring out a way to get Vucevic going against Mark Gasol because um, ultimately he's been their leading scorer this season. He's averaging just under, a hair under twenty points per game. He's averaging four assists. I think that's good for third on the team. And if if he's just not a guy you can either run your offense through to get a bucket or run your offense through to to force the defense to collapse and find the open man. It's really difficult for this team to 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 get points consistently, um, and like you're saying, this is this is one of those games where maybe they hit, you know, they get they, Terrence Ross gets hot and they hit six more threes. Sure, they beat the Raptors, um, but this isn't that kind of team that's going to do that four straight games or you know right. four times in six games. At least I don't think it is. So I think the the biggest factor for them is figuring out a way that Vucevic can get going against Gasol, because um, because without without him doing that. Um, they don't have Jonathan Isaac being able to match up with Pascal Siakam, who's a tremendous defender. Um, and then if it, if it's not if it's not Vucevic and you're putting a lot of pressure on Aaron Gordon, who actually um, sparked that run for them in the third quarter of this he game, did. and then he had to leave because um, Kyle Lowry committed kind of a, a dangerous um, or scary don't say, foul. Don't say he's dirty. Foul. We'll get we'll get we'll get those. You know, everyone. Hey, I didn't use Twitter. those words. I didn't use those words. Um, <laughs> but he had to leave the game, and he was off to a really good start in the third quarter. Um, so ultimately, I just think it comes down to Vucevic. Look, he was an all-star last year. Um, we've talked about a lot of him in the past. He has his ups and downs, but he's a very talented, uh, talented player, talented scorer, talented passer. Um, and if Gasol just continues to make him look like an ordinary player, I, I don't think his Magic team has a chance against the Raptors. Yeah, That's Aaron, a, it's, it comes down to that. Aaron Gordon actually left the game in the middle of the third quarter with left hamstring tightness, did not return. Uh, we'll monitor his uh, his his kind of progression throughout the next couple of weeks, seeing as the Orlando Magic look like they're probably destined to play the Raptors at this point in the first round. Um, you say that. You say that, but I think the Nets have a, a two-game lead on them now. Yeah. Or maybe it's but, one um, if the Celtics – we are taping this as the Celtics game is going on. Yeah, and it looks like over. they're going to beat them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, so it, I think it might be only a, one, but – 
a monumental effort for uh, for the, the 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 Brooklyn Nets to get back into that game because we started this game the, the podcast and they were down twenty they're down even more now so uh, that game's over um, but but in saying that the the Magic um, you know you mentioned it in your takeaways that they are or they were you know one of the the best offensive team um, you know heading into the Orlando bubble for a stretch of time I can't remember what that stretch was it was uh, All Star Weekend since yeah, All Star so Weekend they've had the best uh, offense in the league surprisingly after the All Star break and it shocks me because watching this team play and granted I'm not watching them day in day out uh, sorry uh, you know the one Magic fan that's out there listening to this podcast like no one cares uh, about the Orlando Magic on the national scheme of things um, but. You know, watching them play whenever they play the Raptors, they don't seem to me like a team that has an offense uh, that that really scare you. Uh, and that might have to do with the fact that Vucevic just doesn't look like Vucevic when Gasol's guarding him, or even Ibaka for that matter is guarding him. But I don't, I don't. I'm, are you really in, in a seven game series? Are you afraid of anyone else on the team? Like I know Evan Fournier is having a great year. Uh, I know, like you said, Aaron Gordon's playing really well, and um, you know DJ Augustine. We've seen what he can do in a one game in a playoff series. But these aren't guys that the Raptors are going to be worried about for a long stretch of time. They might have one game uh, that, where they explode and play out of their minds, but that's not going to happen four times to beat the defending champions. So I, I just don't know what they could possibly do offensively to, to really compete at a high level. And that's why you know the, the, the importance of getting the second seed is so much higher than than you know ever before because you're playing Brooklyn, who's you know a pretty much a G League team, and the Orlando Magic, who are an NBA team. They're a squad that's going to get into playoffs for uh, another year in a row. They have a, a decent coach in Steve Clifford. I don't think he's a great coach. He's fine, but I just don't know about this team's offense. Like, wh- where do you go if Vucevic is shut down? Right, exactly, and that's why I think that he's just the key to this team um, being able to make any noise in the playoffs. And it's not like, like, like they have good players. Like, I, I do like Evan Fournier, Fournier. I really like Aaron Gordon. But you're almost talking like these guys are scaling up a little bit too much on this team. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, Evan Fournier would probably be the best as like a third, fourth option on a team. Aaron right. Gordon ideally would be like a third option as well offensively. Um, whereas tonight he was like the number one option with Vucevic not <laughs> playing well and things like that. Um, so I think that's just part of the problem. And I agree with you. Offensively, this team's just not good enough. Um, I mean, it's worth noting too, like the Raptors haven't been that great offensively this season i think they rank 12th in offensive efficiency um on the season and especially you know there were some ugly games between the raptors and the magic last season in the playoffs um but Kawhi Leonard had a few really big games um and then they were able to blow them out at the end there so maybe this is one of those things where the, maybe there's a couple ugly games there's a couple of defensive battles um between the raptors and the magic um but other than vucevic going off i yeah i just have a really hard team seeing this team um uh, being able to push the raptors in any way, shape, or form in the playoffs. Yep. So we, we say here that the Raptors will probably end that series in three if it does happen. No disrespect, again, to the one Magic fan that's listening. Uh, but this ain't the team that's going to beat the Raptors, barring you know uh, something drastic happening. So let's turn our attention to uh, a little bit of uh, you know quickly a quick look ahead against the biggest game right now of the year for the Toronto Raptors. They won't be able to clinch the second seed. Uh, today because it looks like the Celtics are going to win their game against the Brooklyn Nets. So that means second seed can be clinched on Friday with a win over the Boston Celtics. That is a game that everyone circled on their calendar. I know the Laker game was big, but I I really was looking forward to this Boston game. Uh, Both teams will have a day off in between. 
Uh, that game's going to be on TSN. Uh, and also 680 News will bring it to you on the radio side of things. Um, so besides, you know, getting to hear the voice of Jack Armstrong for the first time in the bubble uh, as he's going to be doing the game for TSN, a little hello. Um, what, what are you looking forward to against for, for this Raptor team that is finally healthy against the Celtics uh, for the first time this season, really? I do think it's going to be interesting to see how much how much Nurse kind of plays the starters in this one and kind of how much he shows because there is a good chance this is going to be a second-round series. Um, all of these teams are going to face each other sometime in the playoffs. What, are you counting up Philly? I mean, if Ben Simmons is going to, if, if ben Simmons is going to miss time, yeah. That's true. Um, ben Simmons left the, uh, the game between the Sixers and the Wizards with uh, something happened to his left knee. There was no swelling, no pain, but he came down off of a rebound and just walked off the court pretty much and went right back to the locker room. We didn't see him again. Uh, X-rays were negative or didn't show any anything uh, there. So who knows how long he'll be out for. Um, so you're right on that. Sorry to cut you off. Just wanted to No, you're good. Um, so no, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of how both teams approach this game, especially if you know the Raptors have basically locked up the number two, two seed at that point. Um, and the Celtics don't really have anything to gain from really pushing for a win. Because um, I, I do think these are probably the second and third best team in the Eastern Conference this season. And we've talked a lot about, you know, is Siakam or Tatum the best player or mm-hmm. the better player? And I think that's, that's, what, that's what fascinates me about this matchup. Because I do think these teams are they're very similar in, in that they're, they're very well coached. Um, they're locked in defensively. They can play different lineups. They can match up pretty much any team in the league. Um, they go through lulls offensively, but they have some very gritty players, um, you know, two, two breakout stars this season, Tatum and Siakam. And the, the deciding factor in that series could literally be like, which team has the better player? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been up and down on the site all season long on which one we think is the better player. I think uh, before the season suspended, when we did our best players in the league list, we had um, Siakam at 10. And then we just did it again a week ago and we had Tatum at 10. Um, so. You can't really go wrong. I, don't, I think if you make an argument for either one of those guys, like you, you're not going to be wrong. Um, but in a seven-game series, whichever one of them can really step up and take ownership on that stage, I do think that could push one of those teams over the edge. Hasn't, we haven't seen uh, Siakam take ownership of any of the games so far in the Orlando bubble. This would be the time for him to step up and do so. We'll dig a little bit deeper into that in our preview pod for the Celtics and Raptor game. Uh, that, that will be coming up later in the week. That game goes down on Friday. It's at 9 p.m. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I'm already complaining about the game. You know, the, Today's game was at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it, it finished late, in my opinion. This game's going to finish even later. Uh, Colin, I'm, Colin, we, we, had bas- we had no basketball for months. I can't <laughs> believe you're complaining about late games five into the season restart. I can't believe this. But I do. That's what I do. <laughs> I, I struggle to stay up for the West Coast games. I've, I've always that's always been the case. I, I'm not backing down from that. You know, you give me the the game against the Bucks on on Monday. That's a nice 6 p.m. You know, 6:30 p.m. Eastern start. I love that. And, you know, finish at nine. I get to go to bed by ten. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of these early tips. Uh, you know, y- you can even give me the heat tip. One, you know, two in the afternoon. Awesome. That's that's what I want to see all day. It has been nice having early games, I will say that. But um, again, I'm, I'm not going to complain because usually games would be starting, the last game would be starting about <laughs> right now. So it's, it's kind of nice to know that we're wrapping up for the night at about 11 p.m. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to complain like you are. But 
That's fair. And and the TNT games, you know, that start at like quarter to, you know, they're supposed to tip at 10, 30. They start at a quarter to 11 and they, they have a billion yeah. commercials that, you know, the game ends up being over at 2 a.m. in the morning. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge <laughs> fan uh, of the TNT uh, style of broadcast. So I'm glad we've, we've, uh, we've, we've started a little bit earlier on this. Before we get out of here, I, I do want to make mention of the fact that the CBL is going down. Uh, I have some great, you know, friends over there who are, who are uh, broadcasting, who have broadcasted and just wrapped up, um, you know, calling the games on CBC Gem. Shout out to them for, for the way that they've been able to handle it. It has been incredible. Sean Woodley, one of the play-by-play announcers who's been on this podcast. Uh, you know, Jason Tom, one of the play-by-play announcers. Uh, you know, um, you know Javon Shepard, who's a rookie and just getting his feet wet in the broadcast world. Uh, I, I am uh, Joe Razzo, you know, Coach Joe Razzo, a fellow FIBA commentator. I am so impressed with the way that they've done things over there. Can't wait to see championship weekend this weekend in the CBL. So if you haven't had an opportunity to watch the basketball, you know, take the time out of the NBA and, uh, you know, flip the channel over to CBC. They are doing a phenomenal job and support some, uh, some Canadian hoops. Um, that's it for this episode of the post game show the raptors again win 109-99 beating the orlando magic in a game uh that that was played <laughs> man that fourth that fourth quarter i, t- oh, I texted rough. you and i said that fourth quarter this fourth quarter is absolutely dragging i, I almost rough. i almost texted you and said you know what let's just do the pot tomorrow morning. i'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not up for waiting up, waiting this thing out. No one's rushing to hear this at any time soon. They've seen the game. They, they, they don't want to hear from us. But, yeah, it, it, I'm glad that we were able to get it in. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back, as I said, for a, a better uh, preview for a more important game. Maybe I'll be more enthusiastic about that, the Celtic game. We'll record the pod a little bit earlier, too, so you don't feel like you're not cutting into your bedtime at this point. <laughs> I'm grumpy when I'm tired. What can I say? (laughs) Uh, For Scott Rafferty, I'm Carly Gabe. We will see you next time right here on the Raptors Pod Table Podcast.